Welcome to the Role Playing Hour, and that was I Fought the Law, as performed by Adrian Edmondson and the Bad Shepherds. You may remember Adrian Edmondson from his comedy in roles such as the iconic Vivian in The Young Ones and Edward Elizabeth Hitler in Bottom. But he is down here with his band, which mixes punk and folk music, and you can see the Bad Shepherds this Tuesday, April 22nd, at the Governor Hindmarsh. I spoke to Adrian Edmondson about the tour the other day. Hello, and I'm speaking to uh, Mr. Adrian Edmondson. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? And uh, you're down here with your band, The Bad Shepherds. You'll be I at the... Ma'am. Yes, at the Gov on the 22nd of April. Um, yeah. People can come down and see you. Now, Bad Shepherds, is that bad as in malicious or bad as in incompetent? Uh, bad as in wicked. Wicked? Yes. Uh, yes, so, and Shepherds, is that like New Testament... Shepherds, as in uh, naughty vicars. Ah, so not bad shepherds, naughty vicars. Ah, so not antithesis of Jesus Christ. Oh, I was hoping you might be promoting transhumanism in the modern world, maybe. No, I'm afraid not. No, no nomadic pastoralism. <laughs> uh, now, you, so the the bad shepherds is punk music with uh, folk instruments, and uh, people who don't know, they might have heard of uh, you, and they'll go, "Oh, Adrian Edmondson is a comedian. Punk music with folk instruments, it's a gag." But it's not, is it? I mean, you hear it's not a gag. It's not po faced and, and particularly serious either. But it's uh, it's it's it, it's a it's just something that works. It's um, if people get understand it, you know, if people can understand the idea that punk was a kind of folk art form and that we've just decided to because we are a proper folk band with sort of world-class folk musicians uh we 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 find sort of the old folk songs rather boring because although i like the sound of folk instruments i find songs about blacksmiths and jolly jack tars rather rather dull so uh we choose our repertoire from the sort of punk and new wave era which was the last great blooming of songwriting in in the 20th century really in the last hundred years Punk music is uh, off-putting and distancing in a lot of ways. I mean, I guess that's what it's intended to be. But uh, when you guys play the songs, it sounds quite intimate. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, we do make the lyrics sound different. Uh, well, we make them, them audible for a start, uh, <laughs> which is quite different for, for a lot, lot of the, uh, the stuff we do. Um, but, uh, sorry, what was the question? Oh, I was just uh, noting that fact, and the, yeah. the lyric thing is very true. Um, y- you're hearing some of them, and I fought the law. I don't think I'd ever heard what those lyrics actually were. Yeah. Um, and what would you call that? Funk, faux punk, faux poo poo We call it. Um, we call it whatever people want us to call it. <laughs> it's just what it is. Uh, we're not doing it for uh, for a kind of reason that we've got an agenda. We do, we do it because we really enjoy it. We think it works. We throw in a load of jigs and reels. Mm-hmm. Um, we think these are, are fantastic songs. It's the last kind of era of writing non-self-obsessed songs. All modern pop music is so boring. Just completely obsessed with the word I. Uh, there's hardly any mention of the word I in anything we do. So they're all kind of songs of kind of social protest and social comment, you know. And it's, uh, it's amazing. People think that the punk era was just a lot of shouting and spitting and swearing. Uh, but they they really knew how to write songs. It was it was an amazing moment. It is a pity that the Sex Pistols, the Clash, the Stranglers, they didn't just think well, these songs are not bad, but maybe we should put some jigs in. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had uh, we had J C Carroll, one of the members uh, from you know they did Sound of the Suburbs, and uh, we we had him come on stage with us at, at uh, Glastonbury 
and uh, he was playing the accordion because, of course, as an ex-punk, he, he he likes folk music. Um, it's amazing how many do, isn't it? One of the one of the Ramones is a little folk act now, isn't he? As well, uh, one of them's a, is he the only one that's left alive? Might be. Anyway, JC came on with us at Glastonbury, and after us in the bar, he was sort of um, telling us how much. Well, he might have been pretending to be kind, but he was, he was saying how much he preferred our, our version because it made sense of the lyrics. Because it's a song about how bleak and 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 how tragic it is to grow up in the suburbs and feel that you're trapped there forever. And he said when they when they originally did it, you know, they jumped up and down and, and sort of did it at high energy because they were trying to attract girls, um, and. Uh, that that that's that was what was deemed appropriate at the time, um, but in essence, we 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 kind of make sense of those kind of songs. Are you going to incorporate any folk costumes? I've got a Norwegian grandmother with some lovely bonadier, <laughs> Slovakian croya, maybe. Yes, I should be wearing a yak. Yes, I don't know what would the British folk costume be like a tunic. Turnips. Oh, have you, have you not seen uh, Morris Men? Oh, yes. No, you don't want to wear that. You're going to sound a bit different from the last time you were here to people who saw you before because you've got a different lineup. Uh, yes, yeah, we were out last year. In fact, we played the Gov last year. Um, we, uh, yes, we've um, we've um, got rid of our fiddle player because he was too drunk <laughs> <laughs> and uh, had stopped being able to play properly anymore. And we replaced him with percussion, which is very nice. Yeah, so uh, those fiddle players. And Troy Denockley, he plays the Citern. What is the reputation for Citern players on tour? I mean, what do they get up to? Like, oh, the Citern player oh. is doing that thing. It's disgusting. <laughs> He's doing what all Citern players do. Oh, um, it's disgusting, no, Troy, sure. Troy, Troy Donockley, as he's pronounced, is a, is a fantastic close magician, would you believe? Hmm. Um, and uh, keeps us heartily entertained. Off stage with uh, with feats of magic. Wow! Do. The new album is Mud, Blood, and Beer. What can people expect from this one? Mud, Blood, and Beer is a is a is a song we've written. It's a, it's the first album we've done that's got anything of ours on it, uh, which is a kind of hymn to all the kind of festivals we play. We play loads of festivals over the last six years, and um, we just kind of rather like them. We we like the kind of sense of community that you get there, and um, we like the mud and the blood and the beer. <laughs> Uh, whenever we play a festival, we like to go a day or two early and, and sort of be at the festival and wobble about and drink and watch bands. Uh, it's the greatest fun in the world. You don't you don't have a hurdy-gurdy player at the moment? We don't, but I'd like one. You you say it as if it's a, it's a comedy name. Well, no, I, I've always <laughs> wanted to play a hurdy-gurdy. I saw a hurdy-gurdy at a folk festival and it was um, the wind was nearly blowing the tent over and there was something so uh, haunting about it. Well, you see, we, we Troy also plays the Illin Pipe, uh, which... Which is a better version of the Hurdy Gurdy. Uh. Uh, it, it fulfills the same function in making um, weird ethereal sounds. I just I, I I thought I should learn to play it because uh, with the cranking, it's very similar to the butter churning skills I learned as a lad. <laughs> you learned them as a lad. Mmm, churning butter. Yes, we we have a joke about butter, but I don't think it's suitable for the airways. Oh, it's probably fine for our show. <laughs> Music's always been a part of your life, obviously. I mean, you had a number one back in the day as Vivian. You did the music for Bottom, and you directed music videos for people like the Pogues. Yes. So in a way, it seems like, you know, your career's always been leading here. Like, this is the culmination. Well, you know, I think if if, um, if someone had given me the choice of doing... I, I did a doctor's course in drama. Had there been a, a doctor's course in music on offer, I would have gone for that. But um, I chose the course with the least work required. <laughs> And that happened to be drama. Um, 
So, I mean, our our act, the, the act that Rick and I used to have when we were at uni, was was me on guitar and um, and sort of a, a lot of songs really. Uh, sort of changed along the, until, until I picked up a frying pan um, <laughs> and started playing that instead I mean yeah. you've been a comedian and people say you know comedians are always depressed and there was always an, uh, an element of existential despair that was strong in your comedy because Vivian uh, from the young ones he was kind of a force of entropy you described mm-hmm. bottom as being similar to waiting for Godot it's about the pointlessness of life now you're primarily a musician though you've performed in other comedy bands, musicians are also known for leading lives that range across the emotional spectrum, lives that sometimes wander deep into darkness. The comedian makes us laugh, but he's crying on the inside. The musician makes our souls sore, but he does it through his pain. But are either of these images true? How does living primarily as a musician compare to living as a comedian? Uh, it's a, life's a very complicated thing, uh, and it's very complicated being me. Um, and I, I realise that I'm a public person, but I don't tell anyone anything about my pain. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it is it happier being a musician? There's it, the performance is happier because comedy is mostly about crowd control, and uh, music is mostly about uh, communing with people. It's beautiful. It's much. I've, the best gigs of my life have been in music. Well, you know, and. Uh babies are conceived as a result of uh, musical concerts and uh, I not many people do shagging to bottom yes <laughs> you'd hope not <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i've mentioned the music of the bad shepherds is quite i mean it's haunting it's surprisingly affecting you come in you're off your guard and the music puts a hook in you but what would you say to people who haven't heard the music before why should they come down to the gov on tuesday well we're we're kind of Kaylee band at the same time so if you understand, if you have any interest in, in my name, if you have any interest in punk music, if you like the Ace of Spades, if you like The Model by Kraftwerk, if you like anything by The Jam, uh, if you like Jigs and Reels. I've always thought that Jigs and Reels were as exciting as punk. You know, they are. You know, I remember as a kid at university, there was a punk venue that was really kind of full tilt that was exciting. And then around the corner was an Irish pub doing sort of Kaylee music, and that was just as exciting. Um, so if you if you'd like the sound of any of that, if any of that sort of seems at all right, then you will be there. I have to say we never have a problem getting the right audience. They, everyone seems to the people who turn up understand. They they kind of have a a deep kind of feeling about it, and they come. Oh, and it is true with the jigs and the reels because that's when everyone kind of you know goes off in a way. Everyone gets yeah. up and starts dancing around. Yeah, it's like a kind of it's that moment when you're chasing the bus and you think you're going to make the platform. <laughs> it's just that very last moment. That's what a jig and reel feels like. Um, I have noticed you're in another band called the Idiot Bastard Band, and as a huge Frank Zappa fan, I have to ask, was that name Zappa-inspired? It certainly was, after the Idiot Bastard son. <laughs> yeah. Glad to hear it. Well, thank you for speaking to me, Mr. Adrian. Well, that's a thank, thank you, Mr. Adrian. <laughs> Everyone should uh, come down and see the gig. You sound like a pair of hairdressers. Yes. <laughs> Adrian, Adrian, we'll see you now. <laughs> so remember, April 22nd at the Gov, you can hear some punk songs performed on folk instruments and it sounds amazing. But now on to part two of our coverage of Oz Comic Con Adelaide 2014. 
A couple of weekends ago, Wendy and I were there, on the floor, chatting to courteous cosplayers and sweetly warbling stall workers, and this was the result. CONFUSED NERD! Hello, now can you describe what your store is for us? Uh, we're the Puppet Workshop. We sell and make puppets. If I, a, if I had a, a cat that tragically died and I wanted to, it to live on, and I did have access to its skin and bones, could you... Ah, uh, no, I wouldn't touch it. <laughs> Damn. We only deal with fake fur. My psychiatrist tells me that the best way for me to work through my issues would be to personify them as an external force of some kind. Could you perhaps make a puppet for me uh, if I required it that could personify my uh, self-loathing so that I could work through those psychological issues? Yes, I certainly could. I could even make it in your likeness. Ah, well, that would make me loathe it even more. That would be perfect. Uh, could I practice on one of your puppets just briefly? Yes, you can. Why are you so ugly? Why are you such a failure? What's wrong with you, you bald piece of shit? <laughs> it's, not wor it's not working yet, but maybe with a bit more. Puppets don't talk back. What? what yeah. You have, to put, you have to put your hand in them. Or be a a what is it? A trend? What's that what I'm trying to say? Are you a good ventriloquist? No, I'm not. I just want to be myself loathing briefly. What's wrong with you? Think of all those opportunities you screwed up! I don't know what to say. Oh, that's not going to help me work through my issues. That's just... <sighs> Why'd you say that thing to that woman? The date was going so well! No, it's still not. I mean, this one kind of looks like a dead cat. Oh yeah, that one looks, that one looks much more like my self-loathing. <laughs> well, that brings us to our final question. Is it a sex thing? Um, no, not today. Ah. Oh. Okay. So, here we are. You've just told us that you don't know much about this Comic-Con thing. And yet you're here in full costume. Can you elaborate on that? Well, I like to dress up sometimes. So, I just thought... Well, I like um, all the other people here. Like, I like seeing people dressed up and everything. I really don't know what to say. I'm sorry. So, normally you're just dressed up at home? Yeah, like, I just walk around in costumes all the time. By yourself? Yeah, by myself. There's no, like, existential kind of terror to that? Like, it, if someone cosplays in the forest and no one is there to see it, is it really cosplay? Um, sometimes. Your life sounds so lonely and hollow. Oh, it is, but it's okay. i got some magic with me, so... We have some Xanax, that might be. Oh, do you? Oh, nice. Just as good as magic. Yeah, just. Nearly. Uh, and can you evoke your costume for the listeners at home? They can't see it, but can you make it live in their imagination? Okay, well, I'm Zantana. I've got my little top hat on and a wand and, you know, my black and white costume with, like, my fishnet stockings and my high heels. What is it about that character that appeals? She just looks hot. Uh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, and, ma'am, can you elaborate on your costume? Uh, I'm dressed as Wonder Woman, so just the regular, you know, stars and red. And Do you get this Comic-Con thing? Yes, I actually dragged her along with me. Yeah, see, that's why I'm here. Like, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here right now. But I do go to Avcon. I like Avcon. So there's the inner story. And so you're, yeah, you're, you're Wonder Woman. Yes, I am Wonder Woman. Do you know who I am? Superman. Oh, close. Superboy? Superbunny. Crypto, Superman's dog. I'm in the Legion of Super Pets with Beppo the Super Monkey, Comet the Super Horse. Prote 2, the metamorphic protoplasm, and um, who am I forgetting? 
Beppo, Super Monkey, Comet, Streaky, the Super Cat. Uh, now, if, uh, are you familiar with the latest with the latest events in DC Comics? No, not really. Comics. You, you and Superman are now in a romantic uh, entanglement. Oh, oh am I? <laughs> so, as Superman's dog now, he's my master. You're kind of my mistress. Oh, sounds sounds right. <laughs> can can I expect an increase in you know dog treats and things like that? How do Amazonians how do Amazonians treat their pets? Very fairly, although although our pets are generally a lot stronger than the regular. Are you having trouble adapting to life here in man's world? No, Comic Con makes makes a little bit easier. Touch of the ass when they walk past. Ah, so there has there has so there has been. There's always a wonder about that. About um, yes, because it happens. It happens. And you look in there, and yeah, it, 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 some of it, lo- it's quite a bit, it's a little kind of children of men. Not in the fact that everyone's infertile, but do you look, if you only had that, those people left in the world, there would probably be no second generation ever. No one would ever have babies again, and humanity would die off. And so you have some of those kind of people, and then, um, if you, if you, it's like Halloween costumes. If you're a woman and you want to dress as a comic character, you, a man can have a fake chest or whatever. A woman's got no choice. It's, it, like Halloween costumes, it's it's skimpy or it's no costume whatsoever. So you're kind of forced to be skimpy, and then you're around a bunch of really like uh, hmm, not necessarily well-adjusted people. Yeah, especially around these parts of the woods. <laughs> so any any incidents? Um, well, when I was over like near the comics area with the books, there was like a massive gap. Like he could have walked like fully around, but he's literally like he just slightly walked past me and scraped his hand across my bomb. Uh, you can report that to security. You can get these kind of people thrown out. I didn't even know him, so I didn't even see him later. So good. Oh dear! So it's yes, there is a dark side to. to Wonder Woman too. Would you prefer if you could, you know, dress as something uh, terrifying like a zombie or or Batman? Like men have more of a choice of the non-skimpy. Would you prefer a non-skimpy? Yeah, probably. And sir, you're a very minor costume here. You have one element, but we can still identify you. You are Tom Baker. Tom Baker. Yeah, Doctor Who. So is your favorite is he your favorite doctor? Of course, and then Matt Smith and David Tennant. They're they're all good though. So So uh, what happened to Romana? You just left her in e space. She's not she hasn't come back yet. Yeah, she just disappeared on me. Time Lords do that though. Can't blame them. Tragic. And uh, so you're here has anyone been trying to touch your ass? A few. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you've got a you've got a, a Doctor Who hero of the universe. Step up to the plate as well. You know, keep an eye out for this kind of thing. This these dodgy goings on. Uh, so the Time Lord has to protect superheroes. Well, you don't not to protect anyone, but just you know, if you're if you're, they're they're busy looking at comics. People walking past, you can keep, help keep an eye out. Oh, okay. Well, it's like a man's job to defend women, but you know what I'm talking. About. <laughs> now, do you have any questions? You've been standing here silently, Wendy. Anything you want to ask any of these people? Well, I'm kind of like you. See, I don't really come to these things, but I like to look sexy, hence the one glove. I mean, I don't wear a glove on my other hand because then I can't, you know, use my phone because I have to, you know, it's a touch screen phone and then I can't call people or message people. Anyway, so I like to look sexy and I would like to put effort and pride into my outfit. Can you guess what I am? Are you the bunny rabbit? Like, are you off of Alice in Wonderland? No, I could be though. But no, I'm actually a bubble bunny. But my bubbles have faded away. Oh, that's a bit sad. It's not actually a really good idea to... I should have taught, took one of those bubbles that you know, I can blow them during the day and then get a beard going on or something. I don't know. They have permanent bubbles. Uh, National Geographic shop sells them. They're like plastic and they stay there. 
Shh, why didn't you tell me that? I, I should have told you that before. I didn't know what your costume was going to be. Oh. Do you have any final questions for our, our friends? Is it a sex thing? No, no, no. Only the third people to say no. Mm. Only the third. Oh, really? Surprising. Everyone else has been like, totally. It totally is. Uh, hello, sir. Can you evoke your costume for the listeners at home who cannot see it? Up, up, and away. There we go. And, uh, sir, can you... So you're, 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 you're half Superman, half Superman's alternate identity, which we won't reveal for safety reasons. Wait, wait, let me just take my glasses off. Aha. Oh, my God, it's full Superman for some reason wearing part of a white shirt. Do you know, do you know what I am, sir? Uh, no, who are you? So I got the thing and the... Uh, does the name Crypto ring a bell? Unfortunately not. I don't think it's a real Superman. No. He doesn't... Let's same with and without glasses. Crypto, your super hound? Unfortunately not. Let me just check with Clark Kent. <laughs> a member of the Legion of Super Pets with your cousin Supergirl's cat Streaky and her horse Comet and your super monkey Beppo. I haven't seen Beppo in a while. Have you forgotten about him? Uh, I think I have, definitely. Did you keep him locked in that cupboard and you haven't let him out yet? Correct. It's been three years, man. <laughs> I think I'm probably a little bit young at the moment for Beppo and, and my monkey. He's, it, he's a monkey of might, but he still needs to eat and drink. <laughs> We're going to call the Green Lantern RSPCA. Hi, how are you? I'm with Radio Adelaide. I was wondering if you want to do a little interview with us today. Uh, sure, certainly, certainly. Okay, excellent. So first off, can you please tell like, tell us, for the listeners at home, what costume you've got on today? Uh, the costume I've got on, it's a steampunk explorer costume. Cool, you know, because you kind of look like, you know, the male version of the Tomb Raider girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. In a manly way. <laughs> I, know, I know who you mean, yes, yeah. Any other questions you have? Um, is it a sex thing? Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Really? It's, sex wouldn't be better if you left it on. You'd change back to your civilian clothes. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You're wearing a pith helmet. It's certified as the sexiest form of helmet, beside a pickle halber. Uh, I guess that's true, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very streamlined for just such occasions. Do people ever try to steal your pith helmet and say they're taking the pith? Uh, no, I haven't quite encountered that yet. <laughs> Okay, so here we are with... Mel. From... Adelaide Live Action Swords and Sorcery. Okay, so uh, I've got my daughter Wendy here, and we've been trying to decide whether it would be better for her to have a sword or a rape whistle. Which would you recommend? Definitely the sword. Way more fun. She'll get more protection from that. Yeah. Do you have any particular ones that you could recommend here? We have the lovely Woodland, which is a nice samurai-ish elf-style sword. Always very fashionable. What do you think of that, honey? I mean, it looks nice and a little bit dangerous, but I was thinking, do you have anything like on the long lines of maybe a chastity belt or something? Because that way I don't actually do any heavy lifting or blowing of a whistle. Plus the sword is a little phallic and it might further enrage the rapist because, you know, he's already has, he already has insecurities to do with his sexuality. So if you then have the larger object... Well, I'm sure we can sort you out with some appropriate armour. A boob guard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, everyone needs some boob plate to protect their boobs from flying objects. We do sometimes encounter those. 
Yes. Oh, and, and hand, the, the grabbings of the hands. And also I feel more confident with them because it makes my boobs look bigger. I can wear it under my clothing and people won't realise that's any different. So they try to attack me. Yeah. So we've got to start. We'll give you a foam sword. We'll give you a boob guard. Uh, okay, that should protect you. Anything else you can recommend? Um, well, you can always have a shield. Shields are always, are always a good, good idea. So, you know, you can always just push people away. It's, it's not too aggressive. Aren't these, it's safe to hit people with these swords, though, isn't it? Isn't that the problem? Well, I wouldn't call it a problem, because then they're alive, so you can hit them again tomorrow. Ah, uh, so then you can imprison the potential rapist in a dungeon of some kind, or a barrel, or some kind of sack. I mean, wouldn't that make them the victim in the end, though? Didn't they deserve it, deep down? Yes. Also, like, maybe something like this skeleton mask, so I can look scary, yeah. or, you know... Deter them. Yeah. What would you recommend if you were walking through a bad part of, a, like you were walking along the torrents at night and you wanted to deter any potential sexual assaults, what would you wear? Mm, I'd probably wear my scowling expression. The, uh, the, the eyes of death usually do the trick. So that's all you wear, a scowl and eyes of death and nothing else, walking along the torrents at midnight and you're safe? Uh, sure. Except maybe from, you know, whales. There we go, women of Adelaide, if you want to protect yourselves. Nothing along the torrents at midnight, and um, uh, except a scowl and eyes of death. We have an official from, what was the name of this place again? Adelaide Live Action Swords and Sorcery. That is their, that's their, that's their code of conduct. I think they also sell Thors, because I see one in the background on his cell phone. A what? A Thor. A Thor? Well, Thor. A Thor hammer. And a Thor. And, a, and an actual Thor. An actual Thor. There is Thor there. Uh, Thor is here! Hello, Thor. Yeah, hello. You make your costume live in the imagination of the listeners. The what? Well, it's not. It's a. It is a costume. It, yeah, make it live in the imagination of the listeners who can't see it. Hallucinogens. <laughs> make your costume live. I recommend. I would definitely recommend bringing your Thor along when you're walking late at night, because you know he's tall and menacing. So that usually makes you pretty safe. The thing is, if the rapist gets you, you're often a bit Thor in the end anyway. I find myself very Thor. You need to go to the penitentiary. There we go. I got my hammer here. He, he has that. It's hammer time all the time with this gentleman here. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. It's never stop hammer time. It's always go hammer time. Yeah, that's right. Go hammer time, not spinner time. Not, not never screwdriver time. Forget that. Hammer time. Has Game of Thrones seen a resurgence in this kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. We have uh, a number of players that dress as characters from Game of Thrones and just about every other genre as well. Do you find that modern neo-medievalism, which uh, attempts to harken back to a non-existent medieval golden age, is actually like a, a neo-conservative impulse in that people don't want the complexity of the modern world, they prefer clear enemies, such as in Game of Thrones where she runs through the Middle East, a white woman giving freedom to everything, you know, a world without feminism, a world without multiculturalism and stuff like that. That does seem to be the secret evil urge underlying neo-medievalism. Do you feel that that is a, a part of uh, what you promote here? I think people probably just hate their jobs and uh, want to do something fun. Like uh, fight Arabs? Yeah, or fight everyone. Women should know, and women want to know their place as like princesses and stuff and men should have authority over them to murder people. And no, I wouldn't try that with any... No black people. I, I definitely wouldn't try that with our women. They're uh, equal warriors. 
Okay, so we're here at Comic-Con for day two, and uh, again, we want to have people evoke the costumes. Um, you're going to have to do a lot of describing to evoke your costume, sir. Um, mine's not actually cosplay, it's an original character. I'm calling him Blacktail because he's going to be eventually a space cat pirate. Space cat pirate, and you have ears on your head and they're moving independently. Uh, it may, it may, maybe it's some sort of infestation of something. Are you, sh are you aware that there are moving ears on your head? Uh, yeah, they're called necomenes. They, um, they intercept the brainwave on how active your brain is. The more active it is, the more up low and upright they go. Aha, uh -huh, that doesn't sound cheap. Uh, no, it probably cost me between $110, $120. That's oh, not too bad. That's like, it's not too bad. Compared to some of the toys and autographs and things we're seeing here, that price is fine. Uh, so tell me a bit more about your character then. What's the personality, the background? Um, basically, he is a character from outer space, obviously. His father wanted to start a war, sent him off on a ship to try and start it with somebody. So he's renounced his entire country because they cheered when the war started, but he refused to renounce his throne, so he becomes still next in line for the throne, which has caused a huge problem because now, you know, you've got a royal family member running around pillaging and pirating everyone. That sounds complicated. So is there like a fan fiction kind of deal being written about this, or it's just you've got some notes in the background? Right now he's just at a note stage, but I'm planning on writing at least a short story for about him. As, and someone else was talking about Neko, their Neko ears. What is the whole Neko? What is a Neko thing? Uh, basically, Neko means um, a human, a normal human that has animal ears and a tail. Normally, they're cat ears. And that's basically what most people mean when they say Neko. Uh, and <laughs> can you evoke your costume for us, please? Sorry? Can you evoke your costume? Describe it so that the listeners at home can live as if they're at Comic-Con. <laughs> With the colors and the sounds and the smells. Smells, I can do smells. Um, hi, I'm Ezra. I am a purple and green talking dog with a pink mohawk and goggles. What? Hand paws, feet paws, with little squishy pads and everything. Yes, it's much more elaborate than was one has ears, one has an entire head and feet. And what's the line between the neko and the furry? What's the crossover there? How close does it? How, where is, where's the border there? Where, the, where do people show their passport? Usually, ears and a usually paws, but casual way you can just do the ears and tail like that's. So, so there is a crossover back and forth. Yeah, it's a squiggly line. Usually, time. usually nerd communities, it's like religion. If there's any minor difference in the nerd community, they hate each other eternally. So it's not the same for the neckos and the furries. They do crossover. That's all right. Yeah, it's such a grey line that. You can't tell, so you can't really like hate if you don't know. It's a grey line. Do you have any questions? Oh, hello. Hi there. Um, I was just wondering, do you notice that you keep stroking your tongue? And why is that you keep stroking your tongue? Um, because I can't actually see my own tongue and I can't actually feel it, I want to make sure that it's not sticking up in my mouth. That's exactly like my uncle. He had a stroke. <laughs> he is in exactly the same condition. So... That's kind of the same. And he also, he basically, they said he had, now has a cognitive capacity of like a small domestic pet. So you and my uncle perhaps should meet up. Some therapy, you can, maybe as part of the healing process, you could help him along. That would be awesome. I would, I'll get your number and find him. Yeah. Do you want to give a shout out to anyone, sir, ma'am? Um, I want to just give a big shout out to all the SA Furs. We're a community, we meet once a month, but yeah, I'm going to give a big shout out to all of them. 
How does one get in contact with the uh, SA first? Do you like have to put some blocking thing on your internet router and then go through the mysterious, what do they call that, subnet, the subnet, and then, you know, Julian Assange directs you to the right chat room, or how does that work? Well, quite simply, we've got a, a, a form-based website that you could visit, and a Facebook, but that's actually invite-only. Um, Facebook, just find us, ask, and you're in. Forum and a Facebook. Uh, do you have any closing questions for our friends? Is it a sex thing? Oh, no, not, not at all. No, like, I wouldn't come around children if it was anything like that. It, it sounds to me like there's some fun you might be missing out on. Um, like all sub-communities, there's always going to be an aspect of that, but I know personally I'm not there for a, really a sex thing. It's uh, love of the character, love of the, uh, the fictional worlds, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a method of self-expression and creativity that you can, you can let out, and I found a community that basically does the same thing so we all get along. I've seen TV shows where they make those head things that you're wearing and it's kind of a fetish thing. They wear them out all the time and they even date people wearing the same kind of headpiece. Would you say that you have a bit of a fetish? No, it's like there's no fun. It doesn't have to be a sexual oh, fetish. Uh, just a regular fetish? Yeah. Like I have a fetish for... You have a fetish for a lot of things. I have a fetish for a lot of things. Let's be fair. Let's be honest here. I have a fetish for... I mean, it's a, the, the feeling of a hot dog meat, boiled hot dog meat, on my naked flesh, it's not sexual. It just... It's, it, it makes me think of home. Home in the carnival. That's all. Yes. And I'm sure that holding a mic to your mouth also is a fetish. Actually, does it make you think of home? Like the womb? Having your head stuffed in a big animal mask? Is it like, I'm home, mother. I'm back home in the womb. <laughs> no, it's, it's just fun and very hot. Well, that's the... That's the same as the womb in a way. Well, not blinding. But all right. Thank you very much for speaking to us. Okay. So we, we have a few more costumes to evoke. Now you are Groucho. Groucho Marks. And you haven't opted. Groucho traditionally has like a, uh, what is it? A shoe polish uh, mustache. And you instead have a gaffer tape mustache and uh, eyebrows. Well, it's more of a necessity thing. You see, I might have to get changed because I might meet a pretty lady. So I don't want to have that on my face when I'm necking her. You just rip off. You just rip off the gaffer tape instead, and have no eyebrows. It certainly does, son, and it feels totally good. <laughs> uh, they're letting you smoke the cigar in here. That's fine. Yeah, they've relaxed the uh, smoking laws around here. When they saw me coming in, they said, "Mr. Gra Mr. Groucho, walk this way. Have as much tobacco as America can provide." And you have a you you know Beppo Marks. Of course, I know Beppo. And I'm in the Legion of Super Pets with Beppo the Super Monkey. Ah, that's any re any relation? No, not at all. I don't think. Some moonlighting. No, you see, I've got plenty names, and all of them are the same, so it's, it's kind of hard. <laughs> Hit me with a quote. Uh, I could dance with you till the cows come home. As a matter of fact, I'd rather dance with the cows until you come home. Uh, there we go. Listen, listen, let me just get this straight, right? You've got me on radio. I'm going to give you a contract, and there's a sanity clause in that. But guess what? It don't exist, because there ain't no such thing as a sanity clause. Uh, <laughs> uh, can you... Can you give us a speech about the continued search for MH370 as Groucho marks? Missing flight MH370 is a tragedy. We want to know more about the search as Groucho marks. Well, to be honest, actually, that is actually quite a tragedy, and I'm not sure I could do it any justice or infringe on anyone's um, sensitivity here, so I might actually say no comment on this one. So I deeply apologize. Maybe in 10 years' time. In the end, I mean, it's not that big a deal, really. Losing one plane... It's just a drop in the ocean. 
Yeah, I mean, look at, Ameri look at American Allied Airlines. I mean, they've lost plenty over the years. I mean, look at Concord. They're just burning up to get here. Do you want to ask Groucho a final question? Hey, huh? My final question. Okay. To Groucho. Is that Groucho? Say the secret word and win a cigar. Is it a sex thing? Well, it depends if you, who's asking. <laughs> I don't know. It's a general public question. We haven't been able to get the autographs that we want because they're too expensive. Can you give us an autograph? Yes. It, it's very rare Groucho marks autographs nowadays. Was that, was that a question to me or her? <laughs> oh, yeah. Who am I? My mic technique is not great. I'll give you an autograph, but sure, it'll cost you. Oh. Uh, hand over the money, that's it. Ah, uh, too bad. Okay. No, 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 no that's all right. You can, you, can, you, can, you can hear the sound of rustling bills. There we go. Now I'll put my signature down. Scribble, scribble, scribble. Yeah. Scribble, scribble, scribble. He's <laughs> not actually, he's doing, it's a mime autograph. It has to be on record. Oh, okay. And can we get a Nana visitor as well? Who's, what's a Nana visitor? She's from Deep Space Nine. So my Nana is visiting? Mm. I imagine your Nana is visiting. Oh, I haven't seen her for years. She owes me lots of birthday money. There we go. Uh, Ma'am, do you want to speak to Radio Adelaide? Now, you are a female David Tennant, is that correct? That is what it is. <laughs> uh, and uh, so can you evoke the costume for people who might not know what that is? Okay, well, I have gotten myself a brown waistcoat and brown skirt, and I carefully pinstriped it like the doctor. And I have my long trench coat on with my high-heeled converses. And so, did you make any of it? Did you buy all of it? How did that work? Um, it's a bit of both. I um, bought the things that were really hard, like the trench coat and stuff, but I personally pinstriped the shirt and skirt, and yeah, that took a while. And so the trench coat was expensive? It was quite expensive, yes. How <laughs> I many uh, eating beans for a few weeks or not paying the electricity bill, or what was the collateral damage there? Um, yeah, no savings. Probably putting off getting a car for another couple of months. <laughs> but it's worth it to be David Tennant as a woman for one day. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, have you lived out any of your dreams today? Met any celebrities that you're hoping to meet? No, not today, because Billy Biber cancelled on me. <laughs> yes, that's uh, it's fickle. Hang on, I just think I think Wendy has an important question. Wendy, <laughs> Wendy, I think you have an important final question for our female David Tennant. I'm bringing back. Is it a sex thing? Really depends. <laughs> if I, it could be. Are you asking me? If someone, if, yeah, if someone came out dressed as Billy Piper, would that, you know, would you ship that? Yeah, I'd ship that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Do you, do, do you have a Billy Piper costume, Wendy? Yes, all the time. I use it for my activities with my old boyfriend. <laughs> well, you should come back here dressed in it, and then just, you know. Tomorrow, relate to me what the experience was like, just so I can like live it vicariously. Okay, all right. So we ever got a deal? Deal. Excellent. All right. Great. Oh, it's like almost like being there, but not. <laughs> Hello, sir. And uh, you were just uh, telling us a great big lie. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, I've been uh, listening to the role playing hour about on and off for about a year now. That's not true. We no one listens to the role playing hour. Yeah. I I just thought I'd make it up to impress you guys. They say you should never, you should never touch your idols because the guilt comes off on your hands. That's G I L T, obviously. Has it felt like that? Have we already ruined your impression? Um, they were pretty low to begin with, so <laughs> couldn't get much worse. Yeah, but at least you've now seen that. Do you want to touch the paunch to live the dream to actually touch the real paunch? Yes, I would. We need a photo. Photo of him touching the paunch. Come on. 
It doesn't usually happen. Oh my god. You've heard about it so much and now you actually get to touch it. This is historic. It's a historic moment. A so what, uh, uh, what, what drove your standards so low? A, a terrible childhood or uh, no exposure to the arts and sciences? Uh, bad group of friends. Guy um, one night said uh, to tune in onto your station and I've been ruined ever since. What was your most hated moment and what was your least hated moment? I don't remember. Or character or anything, just to prove that you're not lying. Um, <laughs> Nothing, there we go. He just used it to try to hit on Wendy. We now know. He can say it's me because technically I'm the only one here right now. Oh, besides you, but no one likes you, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Also, why don't you ever call into our show? I don't think we've ever heard you call in before. Is it because you're embarrassed if people hear your voice on radio? Well, I guess that would be a bit hypocritical given the situation, but I'm a bit, sh eh, I don't know. It's a bit, it's a bit daunting to call into the role playing hour. It, that is, it is true. I wouldn't call in. Uh, anyone else from the show you wish was here instead of us? No. We could get, hang on, there's some. Roland is here. Roland. Uh, uh, matey, you got some uh, great uh, flannel there. Can you tell me where, you, where, where your flannel manufacturer is? Uh, just Target. Target, they make some good flannel, matey. Good for covering up all me heroin holes. Yep. Uh, speaking of which, you don't have to, happen to have any gear right now, do you? Uh, unfortunately not. Dry, Adelaide's so dry at the moment, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, and I can't really afford it, what with the school at the moment. Oh, and these bloody autographs, mate, $20. Oh, fuck, it's, it's a steal. They're robbing us. Criminal. I think I saw Robin as well. He was Robin. Anyway. <laughs> I think that this is a moment where we need to get an autograph for, like, one of our fans, because, like, we... No, not us give you one, but you give us one, because we can prove that we have one fan. Okay. Yes, it's a, that is an historic moment. We've never had a fan before. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> you think we're joking. So, like... An yeah, a real one. Oh, whoa. Oh. As opposed to the fake ones. And now can we have one as one of the celebrities, because we can't afford it? Um, uh, how about the Fat Dwarf from the Hulk? Fat, fat Dwarf. Mm. Yes, there we go. We got the Fat Dwarf signature. Oh, it's so realistic. Thank you, you just saved us 20 bucks. No worries. Anything you would like to have happen in a future episode? You can, any plots you'd like to see? Just, just go on as you are. That's what I love you for. It's good to see enthusiastic fans who can't name a single character, can't name a single moment, and uh, in the future want us to do whatever because they can't think what it would be that we might do. So, uh, thank you, sir. And, um, yes, we will continue from the Piping Shrike Hour to uh, do the best we can for Radio Adelaide. Thank you very much. I can still feel our one fan's fingertips on my paunch. Yeah. I'm... I mean, he only came up to me, though, and then when he saw you, he tried to leave. But, you know, just to be nice, I thought you should talk to him to boast your self-esteem. Yeah. I'm never washing that paunch again. Ew. You don't wash it, though. You can tell he's a true fan when, when he doesn't know what the names of any of the characters are and he can't name any incident. Yeah. I mean, he listens about as much as... No, I don't know. We have no fans still. Yeah, I'm not sure that counts. Who wants to go first to evoke their costumes? Uh, I'm the female version of Gary Oak from Pokemon. Your rival in the Pokemon games is my Eevee. Okay, and I don't, I don't know, I've heard of Pokemon for years. I, there's something about catching them all if you can. Can you give me Pokemon in 15 seconds? What is it? 
I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. Dun, 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 dun. Catch them is my real test. To train them is my cause. That's Pokemon. Sounds like Rocky. It's a bit like Rocky. Or like Ra Raging Bull. Here we go. Harrison, I didn't even realize that before. <laughs> it's Pokemon Rocky. I'd prefer like Raging Bull, so does the Pokemon catcher like, you know, he gets old and it's a bit brain damaged from catching too many Pokemon or whatever he does. But then he decides to come back into the ring and is not quite ready for it. And like, you know, he beats his wife up because of the stress of the tournaments and stuff. And he goes back and he just completely fails and becomes like a terrible failed comedian at the end. And that's like the end of the, the, end of the movie. Could, this, could that be the future Pokemon? Like Pokemon Returns, Pokemon in 15 years time? I think it sounds like Pokemon like it is at the moment. It just hasn't died, so that sounds a bit accurate. State, that's the state Pokemon is in now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. you got to keep with the old stuff. At the Raging Bull level. And ma'am. Hello. Uh, my dress that I was meant to be wearing is chilling in the post office, so I'm just a Neko maid. Oh, that Australia <laughs> Post and those customs. Was it the customs people? Uh, no, no, it was just I got the little note on my door at 9 o'clock at night because I had work all day. I was like, no! It was devastating. Yes, the trials and tribulations, the Halloween parties that happens for all the time as well. So you have some ears? Yes, I do. They're dingo ears, but they're, what are they? Sorry, wolf ears, what am I talking about? But they're a little bit long, so I folded them down a bit. I was initially disconcerted, and now I realize you have contact lenses. Oh, yes, I do. Now. The stars? Yeah, stars and moons. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> the Pokemon traps, can they trap human beings? Not that I'm aware of. They're lying. It's the truth. They can trap human beings. So like, if, po you know, if you, a Pokemon catcher had, um, you know, been abused as a child and had back in the depths of their subconscious abusive urges themselves and they became a Pokemon trainer, they could hang around outside of schools with their little Pokemon catching device. That uh, sounds like Team Rocket. Team Rocket. <laughs> There's an anime fan out there laughing their ass off at that joke, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that would have been me. Surely, you know, Team Rocket. Um... Would you like to explain exactly what the purpose is when you catch your Pokemon and what you do with other Pokemon? Do, do they fight? You breed them. No, no. But is it a... You breed them to make the best Pokemon. No. Would you say that it promotes... Suckling from the six teeth of Pokemon. Yes. Would you say it promotes dog fighting in this day and age? Cockfighting. I would say no. I don't think no. I don't think it would promote anything like cockfighting or dogfighting or anything uh, like that. Well, if if it doesn't, the necessity for promoting cockfighting falls back upon us. So uh, I do happen to know Big Red. Big Red is a surefire winner. Fifteen kills to his name. Fighting tonight, just uh, down the end of the block. Turn left. Are you interested? Entrance is twenty-five dollars. You can't tell anyone else about it. Only people I've seen before approved can get in. Definitely in. Big Red. Here's a sure thing. I could definitely take him. Take, no, you, human beings don't fight the cocks. You can. You have to bring your own cock. Do you have a cock to bring? I've got a big cock. To there we go. Do you have any? Is it trained? Is it certified? <laughs> He's very certified. Certified, yeah. So certified. Nothing below the belt. No. Uh, I tried to try. It's actually quite a difficult industry to get into. I spent three years training a cock, and um, he got in the ring, and he just chickened out. Oh God. <laughs> hey. Um. Uh. A question. Is is it a sex thing? Wendy, your filthy mouth. Is what a sex thing? Is it a sex thing? Well, for my costume in particular, it's a suave thing. Suave thing, which can lead to sex under the right circumstance. I suppose, but you know, it's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not like you have to have it on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. No. no. Interview with Radio Adelaide today. Are you sure? 
Are you sure? Miss Jenny, I only asked you about your costume, nothing personal. Yeah, just a quick one. <laughs> Hi. So, you know, we're just going to ask you, to, for the listeners at home, if you can please just describe your costume for everyone that is listening. I'm Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon. Okay, and could you give us a bit of background about Tuxedo Mask, was it? Okay. Tuxedo Mask is um, Sailor Moon's girlfriend, uh, boyfriend, sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, that makes more sense. Yeah. Oh, yep. And how do they meet? Well, <laughs> episode one, they he keeps on calling her Meatball Head. Is he? Meatball Head. Yeah. As in, that's when they first meet, and then she finds a cat called Luna that tells her she's Sailor Moon, and then. Okay, so the cat talks. Cat called Luna that talks. Yeah. Okay, do you have any powers? I'm uh, not sure, but the ro- Tuxedo Mask doesn't really have any powers except for his rose-throwing abilities. So, and, and why do you have a bunch of Sailor Moon characters strapped to you like they're being hung? Do you have something against the characters from the show? What? <laughs> yeah. Except for Miku. Sorry, are you dating all these characters? What? No. Okay, so why have you got them strapped to you? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. And what do you think attracted Sailor Moon to you to date in the first place? Uh, yes. Because she's the princess of the moon. I have to be, happened to be the prince of the moon. In but it's not incest. You're not related or anything. No, no, no. Any question? I don't have a tuxedo mask, but I do have a soiled frilly tango mask, and that's a little bit similar. I, I put it on my head. I breathe deeply. <laughs> That's some good soiled tanga. Is it, a, is it similar to that at all? <laughs> uh, yeah. He says yes. Yes. I guess the final question of the day usually is just the dressing up, the expressing yourself, the freedom. Is it a sex thing? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's the first uncertain, isn't it? We've got, a lot of, we've got a lot of yeses, we've got some noes, and that's the first... Yes, it's our first... Yeah, maybe, I don't know. I wouldn't say no. If, is it sexual fun? No. I just... Oh, so it's a no then? No, no. Not. So you express your uh, sexual ways differently? Uh, so you wouldn't keep it on if, if, Sailor, if a Sailor Moon costume person came up and said they wanted to go to the bathrooms right now. You wouldn't keep it on and you wouldn't want them to keep it on. You'd change back to your civilian clothes first. I did see some Sailor Moon costumes around here somewhere. They'd have to change. They, you wouldn't let them keep them on during the act. They'd have to take it off back, go to their civilian clothes. Well, I don't wear this 24-7, you know. Okay, no more questions. Thank you. Would you like to give a shout-out to anyone? Uh, I don't know anybody that listens to this radio. Yeah, neither do we. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, and I am speaking to a fantasy artist. Sir, can you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Emerson Ward. And uh, you do lots of different fantasy art. People can, can they find you online? Where can they buy your work? Yes, um, I'm usually at most of the big conventions, all the Supernovas, Oz Comic Cons, Apcons, Medieval Fairs, and my website, emersonward.com. And do you take commissions? Can people commission specific things? Yeah, I do commissions on occasion. So, say uh, if I was to want, uh, I'm here with my daughter, if I was to want a commission where, say, I don't know, I was standing on top of a mountain 
with the corpses of my enemies underneath my, 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 my mighty thews, and I'm holding a sword aloft. I mean, how good are you at, you know, editing out uh, paunch and replacing it with rippling muscles? How good are you at that? Oh, yes. Picture will be as good as you want. So I could be very muscular, bulging chest, loincloth possibly, and, uh, and sword aloft above my head? Yep, certainly. Uh, any kind of... Could I have like a, a decapitated monster's head on the end of my sword Any you would recommend personally? Um, depends on what kind of monster you want. It could be a dragon, it could be a troll, it could be anything. I like the sound of a troll head. And I was thinking my, my daughter, Wendy, could be in there. Yeah, um, but I was thinking, you know, like Kate Winslet's body, like in the Titanic, but my head on it, if you could like rub that out and then put my head there and then maybe we could hang it in your bedroom, Dad? I don't know. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, I, but you could be in the picture with me as well. Yeah, and the dragon. Maybe instead of a couch, laying on a dragon, because you've got corpses. Yeah, but like Kate Winslet, but lying on a dragon. Yes, with my head. Oh, yeah. Well, but no, no like, what's the uh, Frank Frazetta? And he always has, like, the big topless, bulgy women. And you could be like that. I don't want to be bulgy. Oh, all right. You'll be regular. And I'll have one foot on your, on your neck, maybe? Um, I like me on the dragon idea. And then maybe me standing on top of the corpses. And maybe me standing on your neck. What's your artistic recommendation here? Um, yeah. Armor, I suppose you wouldn't want chainmail bikini in this case. Ah, uh, sans bikini. Y yep. <laughs> uh, so how long, I, I mean, I'll, I'll send my daughter over to your studio unsupervised. I mean, how long, three days, three days there to capture her nude likeness? <laughs> um, drawing wouldn't take, to get the reference to start the picture, wouldn't take too long, but then um, detailing it and coming up with the finished coloured piece would take probably a couple of weeks. I got a few Polaroids over under the bed. I can just send one of those over. Okay, if that makes you happy. Anything you'd like to add to the picture? Ah, uh, I'd like to add to the picture. Oh, I don't know. Maybe your parents in the background, and then it could be our Christmas card that we send out. So you and and mum, is that what you're trying to say? They're in just in the background, like smiling. They could be like the sun and the moon, smiling benignly as I hold up the sword aloft. So the parents aren't going to be the decapitated corpses on the bottom of the picture. Oh. Oh, no, I don't think they should be decapitated, but they can maybe be like zombie parents. Uh, zombies, yeah. Yeah, I like that we need to add some more, you know, culture, like modern day culture, because we have dragons, so zombies are like popular now. Yeah. And so zombie parents. Zombie parents is good? Yep, zombie parents. All right, cool. So I'll, uh, I'll send you the Polaroid. I might as well just send her over there unsupervised as well for a few, uh, what, a, a week, two weeks, a month. I can't sit still, so it might take a week. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll send her down there. How are you? Do you want to do a quick interview with me today? I'm from Radio Adelaide. Sure, no worries. Who are you? I'm Anna from Frozen. I thought you were from Frozen. That's why I came up to you. That's so exciting. Has heaps of people been coming up to you because it's like been really popular? Um, yeah, I've had a few. Do you love the film? It's my favourite. Okay, cool. Now, I'm a bit of a, a singer and one of my songs I love is from Frozen. Do you want to sing a song with me because this is radio? Yeah, no worries. I'm trying to launch my singing career, slash rapping career, slash acting career, and whatnot. Okay, no worries. Okay, ready? Okay, what are we singing? Do you want to build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. And na 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 snowman. I don't know the rest of the song, but I know she gets older, and it goes something like this. Um... Yeah. Do you want to build a snowman? 
or ride a bike around the halls. Do you want to build a snowman? And then you say something. I started talking to the pictures on the walls. Oh, that sounds so pretty. And then I sing some more. Um. <laughs> songs about snowmen. Do you know any other songs from that Frozen? I've got to admit, I don't know all the words. Do you know all of them? Yeah. Do you want us to sing us one of your other favourites? Um, yeah, which one? Mm, well, I'm trying to think. One that's not a duet. Okay, whatever the favourite one that is that comes off the top of your head. Um, I could do For the First Time in Forever. Okay. Um, hang on. I'll count you in. Five, six, five, six, seven, eight. The window is open, so is that door. I didn't know they did that anymore. Who knew we owned 8,000 salad plates? For years I've roamed these empty halls. Why have a ballroom with no balls? Finally, they're opening up the gate. Okay, you need to stop now because you sound better than me. You're making me look bad. You are. Describe your costume so it lives in the imagination of the people at home. Alright, so basically I'm just in a kind of pin-up dress. My boobs are pretty out. That's pretty imaginative. Um, my hair's in a nice vintage rolls. Google it. It's pretty neat. Takes a while. And that's basically, yeah, I'm pretty simple today. And we have... I'm wearing a skin-tight, wet-look cat suit with cat ears. I'm attempting to be Catwoman. I'd like to ask some more genuine questions to try to get to the essence of what is the appeal of the costume, the dressing up. What is the... Because it, it, I think everyone, everyone has that urge and it appeals to everyone. What is, what is the appeal? And what is the appeal at different ages as well? Dressing up at age four is different to dressing up at age 18 and it's different to dressing up at age 40. What is the appeal of the costume? Just being a different person, I guess. Being able to do stuff you couldn't usually do dressed as a normal person, probably. What does it enable you to do that you couldn't normally do? Um, hmm, I don't know. With this costume, I pretty much do exactly the same. Maybe I'm a bit more revealed. And that happens when you're older. You tend to get a little bit more revealing for obvious purposes than when you're four and stuff. That's pornography. This is actually how I dress pretty normally, so it's not that different. Do you think there is like a precocious sexuality to it and in precocious I mean like it's a safe thing you take an, an icon from childhood so that's a kind of safe image you use it to kind of uh, express sexuality but in a, in a, in a safe way like you, you bring it a bit closer to the line but it's still very kind of you know it's a safe environment and things like that it's like a way of not really experimenting with that but of uh, taking control of that and learning how you feel about those aspects of yourself is there an element of that to it definitely I think so yeah Without a doubt, like, it's massively so. I mean, I know I own a suit of medieval armor. I'm not afraid to admit it. And I know that if I wear that, I feel like that's my ideal self. Like, if people could see the me on the inside, it's not me now. But if I'm in a suit of medieval armor, it's like, yeah, that's me. That's what I feel like on the inside. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of like that. Really, you just want an outlet to show people because you can't really walk around and assume armor every day. You get a bit weird looks, but having a kind of place where you can kind of dress up as anything kind of helps with that. It's just a different way of expressing yourself. And is it like the actor thing? In I mean, because you know, if you're in these costumes, people are going to be. They'll take photos. They'll interview you for the radio, and you get to be. You get to step outside of yourself and be a, a, a larger version in a way. You know, sometimes you walk down the street and you want no one to talk to you and sometimes you really want, you're like, yes, I want to be noticed. So is, it that, is there that kind of being on stage actually urge? 
slightly. I guess I personally do it more for myself, not really for the attention or anything. But I know some people, yeah, that's a big um, go-to thing for this kind of stuff. Yeah, I personally don't really like the attention. I find it kind of funny, but it's what happens, I guess. It happens all the time. You're here to be with other people that are dressing up as well, rather than be to be the object of attention to people wearing normal clothes walking around. It's more the community of people in costume. Exactly. Like The way I dress normally is pretty out there, I think. So sometimes in day-to-day -day life, people still do come up to me, whereas here, I'm normal. Like It's how everyone looks, so it's fine. Also, as an adult, certain things are cut off in a way, like I can remember, you know, when I was a kid, I could play with Star Wars figures, they could talk to each other, I could do the music and that'd be fine, but then at a certain age, a switch goes. And I mean, I could try to do that today, but it's not going to really happen. There's going to be a wall between me and whatever that was. But somehow, costume seems to be a way to access that again. I don't know where I'm going with that, but does that, <laughs> does that sound at all familiar? Kind of, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know what to add to that. Yeah, I'm just like, you summed it up quite nicely. So, yeah, I don't know, I mean, yeah, accessing some, some imaginative power that you had as a child that the adult community usually doesn't enable you to express somehow, even your own inner forces. You have inner checks of your own that won't let you do it, let alone the outer checks. So somehow the costume is like you can step outside of that. It's like there's a box life is supposed to be in, and you can just open the door and walk out of that for a little while, maybe. Yeah, I'd probably have to agree. Like, it's just a way... Yeah, to reconnect with childhood, you know, imagination and having fun and dressing up and not feeling that judged because everyone else is doing it too. Pretty much what she said, yeah. And real life can be very boring. You're expected to work in an office and, and I mean, high school and stuff, if you had the wrong T-shirt, that was it, you're in trouble. But here you can, I don't know, you, you can step out of the boredom in a way. That job, the job thing also depends on what you're going into as well. Because as well, I know I'm becoming a nurse. And I know that's not, like, the only thing pretty much in that respect is making sure you're wearing your scrubs. Everything else is completely different and out there. <laughs> what, a what can nurses get away with then? Oh, so could you wear that? Could you wear that to the hospital? Maybe, maybe, if it was dress up day. <laughs> to, to, an, to an autopsy? Maybe, yeah, an autopsy. Maybe. Just to be careful not to get, like, accidentally get a bit of organ stuck down your cleavage or... Oh, no, I could just turn into a zombie then. It's all good. It's all good. Zombie pin-up. Zombie pin-up. Yeah, I don't know if I have any other questions, but perhaps you have some other observations or thoughts on this matter that you want to add. It's just a way of having fun and expressing yourself and not being judged by absolutely everybody. So what's a, what about people who would never wear a costume? What do you have to say about them? Uh, have some fun, you know, like, seriously. It's entertaining. Just do it. Anything can be a costume, really. If you add a character to it, even a boring old suit can be like a henchman or something. Boom, you're Doctor Who. <laughs> And like Halloween, it's fine. Halloween, everyone's allowed to. And um, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see the same thing with men because, you know, a Halloween costume, there'll be a thousand Jack Sparrows all of a sudden because the men want to be the ideal of whatever it is that they, they think the women are going to be impressed by. So, I don't know, you see the same kind of thing. Yeah. Rick Grimes from Walking Dead, that would be pretty good. <laughs> Grimes. Remember that, boys, next Halloween. Go Grimes. Hello, now uh, I am here with, uh, what's your costume, sir? Uh, where's Wally? Mmm, have people been finding you? Or are you all alone? Yes, they've been finding me every, all day today, so I've been walking around. How have you been enjoying yourself? What is the costuming urge? Where does that come from, do you think? Oh, heck, 
Why do people, what is the urge to dress in the costume? What need does it fulfill? To remember childhood memories and um, remember the cartoons when I was young and um, had a bit of fun every year, every con I go to. Is it a sex thing? Yes, it is. It's the best thing. It's very fun to do. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, is it a sex thing? No. no. Yeah, do we, you wouldn't want to like, you know, keep that on during the act? That's right. You'd take that off beforehand? Mm, no, yes and no, sort of. Sort of. It depends who, if they're into it. That's right.